Hi, I'm Leanne. I'm a light worker and a mother to three special girls. I strive to continue learning, growing, and to collect new skills. I'm a psychic medium, Reiki master teacher, and a Kashuk record reader and energy healer. I am so excited to share what I've learned and what I'm going to learn and the ups and downs of life. Thank you for joining me on my journey. Welcome to Life of a Lightworker podcast. Hello. I'm going to be starting off the episode with a card poll. It's from the Starseed Oracle by Rebecca Campbell. Okay. I had one card pop out and one I pulled. The one that popped out is the Sea of Mintaki. M-I-N-T-A-K-A. Seeing potential, bringing unconscious to light. And the other one is the golden children. Inner child, tenderness, innocence, and rare gifts. So these cards are pulled for whoever's listening. What do they need to hear right now? I'll read from the book, The Sea of Mintaka. Seeing potential, bringing unconsciousness to light. Mintaka is thought to have been a water-based planet containing the most crystal clear waters you can ever imagine. So clear that you can see for miles and miles underwater. The Seas of Mintaka card represents the crystalline clarity of potential and possibility. It's about the ability and choice to see the potential in all people and situations. This could be one of your natural traits, or it could be a sign that what you're currently doing has great potential. Mintankans are thought to have been a gigantic race who saw the light in everything and everyone. You may have received this card as confirmation that a situation or project has extreme potential and will reach fruition. If it appears in a spread, we're not doing a spread, um, according to Carl Jung, that which we do not bring to consciousness appears in our life as fate. When water appears in dreams and art, it often represents the unconscious mind. Pulling this card also means you may be called to bring to light any unconscious patterns of which you're unaware. To look at them and see them clearly and consciously so they don't appear in your life as fate. What unconscious patterns or behaviors are ready to be brought to the light of day. And the Starseed Soul Inquiry for this card is, how can you see the potential in a situation you're facing? What unconscious patterns are you being called to bring to light? The Golden Children. Inner Child, Tenderness, Innocence, Rare Gifts. Golden Children, in brackets, Children of the Sun, are highly advanced, extremely intelligent souls who are incarnating increasingly on planet Earth. They have little to no personal karma and possess incredible gifts and intuitive abilities. Golden children are born in a very clear mission. Many remember it from young age and been answering and sharing it early in life. Due to their unique intelligence, they may find themselves easily bored at school. Most have never incarnated on earth before, and so, if they're not supported in the right ways, they struggle with physical life here. They're often referred to as the new humans. If you pull this card, it may sign that you're being called to mother, father, or nurture a child. You may be called to tend to your own inner child, a creative idea or project, 
or new beginning. To treat yourself or the new beginning with sweet, tender love, to nurture and nourish it, to give it every chance to grow and reach adulthood, to encourage it, to water it, to see the world through the innocence of a child, to see yourself and all others as innocent children, to remember that deep down everyone is trying their best, and if they're treated with a tender heart, they'll not harden as they journey through this great adventure called life. The Sarsteed the starseed soul inquiry is how can you treat yourself or others more tenderly okay so i feel like these cards are for the parents of these beautiful starseed children that are coming in who are think and are a little bit different than the people that were a couple generations ago these are all the neurodiverse people all the people who think, behave, and feel differently than what, let's say, our parents or our grandparents felt or had to deal with. And I believe these cards are for them. So we have our golden children, who are these children coming in who have either more sensitive or they may have never incarnated on earth before. And we have the seeing the potential in raising these children where it's easy to not see the potential in the everyday day in and day out it can get pretty low vibrational it can drag you down energetically but being but switching gears and seeing the potential in something that we might not have already seen as potential is how we can work energetically around that 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 pull that drag downwards which a lot of us feel even the parents that have technically neurotypical kids every all the kids are more sensitive than what they were a generation ago all these kids are feeling the vibration of the earth shifting and they are helping it shift because they're pulling the earth with them because they are they're a higher vibration than we are just how it is and they have a harder time living in a low vibrational world so us bringing it up to them is going to help all of our kids let me see what else do we need to say about this subject (sighs) yeah it's hard seeing the potential in the everyday what can we do to help us see the good and the potential and what is possible in the everyday. I'm asking my guides ah, for this information, for this inspiration. (sighs) They're showing me look little. Look at the micro, not the macro. Don't look at the whole experience, the whole life, the whole day, even the whole hour. Look at one little part one little section don't for the moment don't look at your child in its entirety in their whole being because when you look at their whole body everything you tend to bring in all the struggles that you're having because having kids is hard it's a struggle um let's see it definitely pushes you to grow (laughs) a lot um, let me see. 
looking at one little part. So looking in, trying to notice their soul, notice those tiny little moments where they show kindness, when they do something a little bit differently, when they have the curiosity, when they have the joy, when they have some, sharing in their excitement. Instead of sharing when they're doing something that they really love, instead of being, instead of letting your parents control your mind and say, be quiet, stop moving, can you do that somewhere else? Change it to they going from the child's perspective instead of your parents' perspective, because that's what we have been doing a lot of the time. We parent our children the way our parents treated, parented us. So we are stepping into the role of our parents when we are parenting. But if we imagine stepping away from our parents into ourselves and then stepping into our children and seeing the world from their view, experiencing the, the world from their view and tapping into the joys that they're having and even if we personally don't experience joy like when my daughter's talking about anime I just it's not something I'm interested in so it is a little bit harder for me but when I go from her lens and see her excitement and see all of she can see all these details that I'm missing how thorough and how nuanced she's picking up on all these little things within this and I would normally not see that at all but when I tune into her when I step into her energy and look through her eyes I can appreciate all of what she is loving even if I don't personally love it myself so stepping into their energy is really good and then you can start to grow the positives about your child especially when you have a neurodiverse child that has emotional dis- emotional regulation problems or they have I don't want to say problems when it's a hard time regulating their emotions because their emotions are so big they have very big emotions so it's hard to regulate them and channel that energy into a positive or constructive way so when we look at these chaos when we look at this destruction that it feels like that's what we tend to focus on we tend to focus on the negative that's kind of what we've been programmed to do so consciously looking at the positive and all these little things that light them up and using that to light us up as well and when we can tune into them when they're doing good, it's easier to tune into them when they're not doing good. So when they are dysregulated, tuning in, when they are dysregulated and seeing how they are feeling, and when you can feel what they're feeling, you have a lot more compassion for them, a lot more understanding for them. And when you get used to tuning into your child, which I bet a lot of us already are, we do it instinctually, we don't even really mean to do it, you can tell when they are about to become dysregulated when you can feel the storm brewing up you can feel the energy rising up and about to spew over it's going to bubble over going to boil over we can come in and lend them some of our energy our calm and we can we have a lot we have more understanding we have more compassion for them when we can feel the emotion ourselves and realize how powerful this is. These aren't kids having 
little tiny emotions. These are kids having emotions that are bigger than ours. So think about when you're really upset and how big your emotions are. Our kids are feeling them so much stronger than us and they don't have the skills and the tools to deal with it because well, a lot of adults don't have the school skills and tools to deal with it either, but they definitely don't, especially, yeah, they, they need to be taught these skills and it's be tricky to teach this like an actual teach or lesson it's much easier to co-regulate these teachings by us showing them how to do it and they can do it and what I like to do because my oldest my autistic child she doesn't like being told how to do things she doesn't like if, if I said okay let's meditate on this let's go on that path let's do this protection or she's not interested but in the moment, if I say, let's put our, it's like, let our, you have so much energy up in your head. You have so much energy in your body. Let's call our angels. Let's ask Mother Earth to take some of this energy away because it, you're going to feel so much better. You're going to feel so much calmer. This energy doesn't feel good in your body, does it? No, it doesn't feel good. So let's ask to pull it away. Let's ask our angels in to hug us. Let's put our feet to the earth and ask the earth to take our energy away. And when I explain exactly why and how, she's a lot more receptive. Granted, she's almost 12. Uh, so what works now would not have worked necessarily when she's six. Like when she's six, I would have, I would have said, let's jump and let's run. Let's put let's imagine all your energy we're going to push it into our feet and out into the earth we're going to jump as hard as we can we're going to push into the earth we're going to like and bringing in words saying earth and the grass and you feel like the bugs they can go the earthworms and the trees and start bringing in parts of the things that they're interested in to get them to focus on the earth and if you're moving your body if you're jumping if you're dancing, it's easier to get them to think about the earth. And you know your child best. Turning it into a game is always the easiest way to do it. And anytime that someone has a problem sitting still, you have to you have to have something in your physical to keep them occupied otherwise their brain won't focus on what they want to focus on or what they technically bracket you know quotations need to focus on so allowing them to move around is extremely important like asking a neurodiverse kid to sit down and meditate is just not going to happen we have to do it in different ways we have to teach them in different ways and if you're neurodiverse yourself or if you have a hard time sitting still practice what works for you and show them what works for you because they're not going if you just say oh I I we should do this you should do this it's like no we are going to do it you have to do it at the same time because who wants to be told what to do do it together as a game um and if you have the fun if you're not saying we have to do this in order to feel good if you're saying this is going to be a good this is going to be fun let's do this let's Let's be silly. Bring the silliness is probably one of the easiest ways to get them to do it. The sillier that you are, 
the more engaged your kids will be. That's kind of kind of how it is from what I have noticed. My husband is extremely silly and kids love being around him because he is just, he has no fear of being silly. Whereas I've always been kind of afraid of being silly, been afraid of being seen or being different. So it's a lot more of a challenge for me to be silly, but I have definitely come a long way and I've been working on it. And you know, sometimes us being silly for our kids helps us heal because as well, like it's a double whammy, whatever we're working on with our kids, whatever we're doing with them is what we need to do ourselves. Usually all these lessons with our children are not just for them or they're not just for us, they're for both of us, right? It's all contracted to be mutual. But honestly, the biggest thing that we can do to help our kids is change our expectations. What we expect of them, what we had hoped for them, what we had experienced ourselves as a kid. I don't know how many times someone has said, oh, my kid should be doing this or they should be doing that. But that's not what feels right. Yes, maybe, you know, if they did that, it would be, it'd be a lot easier for me. It would take more time for myself, but my kids wouldn't feel as connected. Like, I still put all my kids to bed, we snuggle, or at least I sit in their room, or I give them Reiki if I'm not in the same room. I am actively involved in bedtime and putting them to sleep. And I know most kids, their ages, because one's almost six, one's almost nine, and one's almost 12, that they would be going to bed by themselves. And, but that's just not how their energy works. That's just not what they need right now. And listening to what they need is more important than listening to what anybody else says they need. You're the parent. You're connected to their energy. You've been contracted to take care of them when they're little. That's a big responsibility that they're trusting in you for you. And so part of it is you listening to your soul because you know more than what you think. When you turn your brain off and stop going with expectations and shoulds, you know what to do. And that's something they always, that's something I always heard. It's like with a baby, you have all, there's all the things that you should do, read all the books, but just listen to yourself. You know how to do it. Just do it. Don't think about it. Just do it. And it's true. We just instinctually do it. Our intuition, our soul, it kicks in. And we know what needs to happen. And I don't want that to also mean that we have to take away from ourselves in order to fully give to your kids, to give them everything they need. Because you can't do that. You can't give them everything, all parts of you. It needs to be balanced. You need to take care of yourself. And when your kids need more than what you are able to give from your cup, that's when other people get involved. That's when, if you have multiple kids, they can fill each other's cup that way too. They can help take care of each other. They can help 
support and regulate each other as well. It, uh, and then granted, it does work the opposite way. They are very good at dysregulating each other. Oh, so much. I feel that to my core. <laughs> um, but when you teach one the skills, they tend to trickle down to all the skill to all of them. So that is, that's good too. You're building up the strong, the base, the foundation for when they're older. Where I am in Canada, we have school until the end of June. And this last month, there is, it's full of the fun things at school, which can be the worst month in the world for those who have children who have rigid thinking that really like to have their schedules, like to know what to expect when things are out of the proper order that they're used to it trickles down into other aspects of their life and this month is extremely tricky and I think giving them a lot of grace so that we can't expect them to be as regulated as they typically are it's going to be a trickier month that way so having the expectations Again, expectations that the demands at school, if they're at school, are going to be a lot harder this month. Yes, they're doing a lot of fun things, but it's a lot of excitement that they're not used to. And there's a lot of situations that they're not used to coming up against that can be unsettling. Something that's not in their comfort zone. And this is the time of year that something usually happens with my oldest like last year during one of these fun things she broke her finger and then she didn't feel comfortable enough to tell her teacher so she ended up having her finger hurting it was broken all day at school where I could have come and picked her up but she didn't tell the teacher enough she said oh I hit my finger and the teacher looked at it once and was like oh I think it's okay here's an ice pack and that's it she didn't bring it up again when it was hurting and turning black a couple hours later and this year With all the exams, she's been exempt from the exams, which is wonderful, but she feels the stress from all the kids in her class from all the exams. And she's getting some classes that are changing, and she's going to be not seeing one of her favorite teachers because the English exam gets finished first, apparently. So it's it's just a hard month. It's a very, very emotional month. And it's... it's hard for all of us because we feel our kids' emotions and they feel everyone's emotions and it is exhausting. It's an exhausting month for all of us. So giving grace to them and giving grace to yourself because it's exhausting. So don't expect big things from yourself. Don't expect you're normal. How about give yourself some slack? Cut everyone some slack. It's a tough time. Thank you for listening. If you have any questions or would like to chat, please message me on my website or you can message me through Instagram or Facebook. Uh, my website is spruceenergyhealing.com. Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube are all Spruce Energy Healing. If you would like to book a session with me, I do soul reading and healing sessions, which 
I talk to your soul in the Akashic Records and we find out what you need to know right now, what you need to heal right now, and we can ask specific questions regarding your healing and we balance your chakras. It's completely customized every time that we do it, depending on what your soul wants. My business empowerment and expansion session, we it's very similar to the soul reading and healing because I'll look at the owner's uh, limitations and beliefs and the traumas and the cords and the energies that's holding them back in their business as well as talking with the actual energy of the business and seeing where it wants to go how it wants to evolve and facilitating this communication between you and the business energy and I also have intuition development sessions where we go into the session with the intention of developing your intuition. So we'll ask your soul and your guides what exercises and what techniques would best suit you and where you should focus your intuitional growth, where your spiritual growth at this moment. And we also look at any healings that need to happen in order to fully walk in to your soul and your intuition. If you have any questions, again, please let me know. And I hope you guys have a wonderful week. I look forward to talking to you next time.